Welcome back to another edition of the Big Red Louie podcast. I'm your host, Jacob Lane, coming to you on a wonderful evening here in Louisville, along with my good friend, Alex Stengel. How are you, man? Hey, good evening, Jacob. What's up? You know, it's great that we're, we're going on like show number five, I think, of you and I not having any technology problems. It feels smooth. Like we're, we're, in, the, we're in the like home race, the back leg of the, the getting all of the podcast equipment and everything to come together and just have a beautiful, harmonious show. You know, I'm not one delight of the people, so I'm not going to act like it's been perfect. Um, it definitely, so, but it's mostly I, my fault. So I, you know, I don't want to say that either, but since you just mentioned it, yeah, it's mostly been, I'm just kidding. It's mostly been, um, it, if it's not you, it's me. That's literally been the story because, you know, it could be a great podcast and then all of a sudden I hit a key, we delete the entire thing and then, uh, we start over. So it's, if it's not one thing, it's, it's the other. Uh, but no, I've, I've, I've been happy so far uh, with at least the amount of, of uh, content we've gotten out there um, for the podcasts that have worked. Right. Because we're homegrown, right? They're, right. Can't, this is all uh, improv now. We're right. just kind of winging it every, every night. And it seems like over the last couple of weeks as we've gotten more and more comfortable with it, I feel now like we can start to produce shows more like we were the first time around where we had guests on and we were able to do some more things other than people just hearing you and I bore each other to death with all this stuff. We can bring on some cool guests. We can start to do some video elements of it too. So there's going to be some cool stuff coming up, I think. Yeah, absolutely. I, um, I definitely think this has created an opportunity at least to uh, kind of sit back and, and kind of divvy out in, in terms of whiteboarding, like what we want to do and how we want to do it in, in terms of a, a, the rest of 2020 game plan. Cause I do think the rest of the, year is is salvageable i know some people are like you know cancel 2020 it's over let's just let's just go on to 2021 but i do think the back half might be a little happier than the than the first six months that's just right. my thought. well you bring up a perfect segue into the first thing i want to talk about which is the nfl schedule coming out uh I, earlier this week i've lost track of my days i have no idea no idea what day of the week <laughs> it is or when that came out but it was recently the nfl schedule came out and I don't know about you, but for me, it, it gave me just this like slight bit of hope that, you know, even though I know of what potentially could be down the road in months to come, that sports could potentially find a way back in time for the NFL season. And that new schedule just made it feel more realistic. Right. But it, it, it is insane right now because I think what L.A. just announced they're they're canceled for the next three months. You know, like everything's just shut down for the next three months. Arizona's like, hey, no, NFL sports for us starts at the end of May. And then the Florida governor at the same time is like, actually, anybody that can't play, uh, just come on to Florida. Like, we're just going to take – we'll figure it out once you get here. But just come on down. Everything's great down in Florida. And, uh, and we'll keep things rolling. So who knows what's going to happen uh, in, in terms of, you know, just how are you going to – set a a definite start date for some of this stuff and yeah and, and i think the ncaa finally admitted that they're like yeah we can't we can't do that on our end so we're just gonna leave it to um you know to the governing body yeah to, to, to figure it out that. yeah which i actually think that's a that's a semi-smart move because you know you're not gonna have a, a blanket date for everybody when every state is still trying to figure out uh you know their stay-at-home measures and their what is fall gonna look like Right, exactly. But the NFL schedule, at least it gives us a ton of content to talk about and to think about because everything we've done over the last month or two has been either 100% review of what happened in the last sporting season or 100% speculatory of what's coming ahead. And you continue that with the NFL schedule. But 
I don't know about you, but I was just – there was a couple of teams this year I was really interested to see what the schedule looked like, particularly the Ravens. That's kind of the team that I root for now. I know you have an NFL team that you actually, like, cheer for, have cheer for your whole life, been a fan of, the Colts. Was there any – well, I say that because, like, so when Deion Branch got drafted by the Patriots, I became a huge Patriots fan. Loved, right. I loved him. For the most part throughout his career, that was kind of the team that I rooted for, but I fell in love with Tom Brady as a player. Obviously, the winning was whatever. But when, when all that kind the of – The winning out, was whatever. Yeah, but so – The when, winning was what Really? That's just cat, cat. – Well, I mean, dude, how cool is it that a Louisville receiver won the NFL MVP award? Like, that was like my favorite player growing up. Like, I idolized Deion Branch. So that was like the coolest thing ever for me. But then when, yeah, okay. like, you start to that. see that – you start to see who the real Patriots are – just complete cheaters, scammers every year getting into something else. It's like – and then you have a coach who is just a complete, just arrogant – like, I, I get what he does the Patriot way, the Bill Belichick way, but I can't stand the way that he that he behaves. Like, he's a grown man. Like, oh, just we're, we're focusing on – Such a cute husky, though. Like, what a cute dog. <laughs> the, the dog in the, the chair is one of the cutest That is one thing. Ever. Right. It, was, talk it about had unity. to have been staged. It had to have been staged. Talk about unity, like – Everyone, you know, collectively, you know, bags on Belichick like you're doing right now. Everyone makes jokes about him. You know, there's no denying his greatness, but at the same time, his personality has a little bit more to be desired. But on that night when he did that and the dog was just sitting there, like the whole country basically came together and you're like, you know what? That's a really cute dog. Like everyone agreed. Yeah, you're exactly right. So is there a game on the Colts schedule this year that you like – Obviously, you have a lot to be excited about. You get a couple of new targets. You get Phillip Rivers, a new quarterback. The defense was really good last new, year. New, new running back. Right, just, new, you know, is decent. Right. So, exactly. You've got, you got okay. a lot going on for you in terms of the team taking a step forward. But is there a game on the schedule that when you saw it come out, you're like, that's the game. That's the one that I can't wait for. There is absolutely a game that everybody should have circled on their schedule. And the fact uh, – we haven't even discussed this, but – Live, I was gonna say live on air, but it's really not even. I mean, we're recording it live, <laughs> we're recording right? live on air, semi live on air. Um, uh, November 8th, uh, we are going to Indy because Colts are playing Lamar, uh, and it's only a two hour drive, and it's my team. My grew up loving the Colts, right? Loving Peyton Manning, all that stuff. Um, and now I'm Ravens are literally like right behind the Colts in, right. in terms of one and two. And I think now that we have a fun, a super fun third, excuse me, with the Panthers and Teddy, um, I mean, I'm, I'm really, really pumped for this NFL season. We're going to have so much, so many different teams to watch for so many great reasons. And it's all, you know, besides the Colts, it's mainly about Louisville, you know, and, and our quarterbacks. And I think that's going to speak volumes. Having two starting quarterbacks, they're going to be balling out in the NFL at the same time, especially in this day and age, is super rare. And I don't know if you saw um, – God, I can't remember where I saw it earlier. I didn't post it in the in the writer group chat. Uh, but it was a stat about in the last 20 years, uh, how many quarterbacks – how many, how many uh, different starting quarterbacks has each university put out there? And it was like, you know, you got your blue bloods of like USC, Oklahoma – you know, all that stuff. Louisville was right in the mix uh, with, I think, five or six. And it's just incredible to think about, you know, like we're on the same stage. When you, when you think of quarterbacks and the quality that has come out of Louisville, we're literally on the national stage uh, of what that looks like. And a guy 
in that thread made an even better point and i don't mean to keep monologuing so i'm almost done and i'll wrap this up good because i'm counting but down on my of, watch thank you of that list <laughs> uh, of all the schools in the last 20 years that have put so many different starting quarterbacks uh in the nfl none of them have won a super bowl except for one and it was johnny unitas which is insane to think about that's a fun fact that's a really fun it fact. It is a crazy fun fact. That's a fun but fact. But no, November November 8th, we're going. That's all I'm going to say. We're, it's going to be I like it. For me, the game that – and I think for a lot of people, and maybe it's the best game of the season and the, the most talked about game of the season, but it's, it's the Chiefs and the Ravens in Baltimore. That is going to be the game of the year. Like that's – a couple oh, yeah, years I mean, ago, it was like three. the Chiefs. Right. The, a couple years ago, it was like – yeah, and so you get you the, within Months. the first the, the first couple of weeks of the season, you get a top offense, top offense, maybe the the top two players in the MVP discussion for the year. Like you get it right off the bat. It's going to be an, an probably an electric game, high scoring game. Maybe like a couple of years ago when it was the the Rams and the Chiefs that scored 50, 60 points or something like that on Monday Night Football, like arguably the greatest game of all time to watch. So that could be the case. And I'm excited to see Lamar and how he he handles going head to head with Patrick Mahomes because they're the new like they're the new Brady and and uh the new Brady and and Breeze and the new Brady and Manning. Like they're the top two guys or two of right. the top and two the top five guys or however you want to say it. And let's just pause right here on the Ravens schedule real quick because I just want to read a couple things out. Cause it is insane when you actually break it down week by week, how fun uh of a season we're gonna have watching Lamar uh in the NFL because week one you already got uh you know right back there with Baker Mayfield uh in Cleveland actually never mind I think that's in it's Baltimore, in Baltimore but either yeah, yeah. either way either way uh I mean they went back and forth last year uh so that's going to be a great game and week two and I mean we all remember uh you know like I mean, sadly how it ended, but I mean, that was one of the greatest games I've ever seen. We actually, I, I was down there uh, in Clemson for that game and that was incredible. Uh, so Lamar versus Deshaun, that's going to be amazing. And then yeah, week course. three is, is up against Mahomes. So, I mean, you could argue Lamar's going to have probably, you know, one of the toughest first three weeks in terms of going up against rival QBs uh, just in the first month of the season. Right, but you you know he's gonna be wanting some blood uh, from the Browns after they were the like one. one oh, of the, and dude. I know that they ended up beating him again, but it, yeah. you know they that he's gonna want to dismantle them week one. Like I think it was the Dolphins that they played last year and they won like forty one to seventeen or something like that. So anyway, right. it's it was just great to to see some sporting. You know, since the draft, there's really just not been a whole lot, and there's every day there's like some sort of update on each league and. There's always that why they might play, why they won't play, and it's just become this never-ending thing of we nobody has any idea, and it's in wait and see mode. But having something like the NFL schedule come out was pretty exciting. But I want to I want to jump in and talk about Louisville basketball. That's that's uh, something that we've been talking about a lot on the site uh, the last few days. In fact, if you go to the homepage right now, I think four out of the top five stories, or five out of the top six stories, are Louisville basketball related, uh, and that's because Chris Mack has been on an offering frenzy the last week and a half. I I can't remember. Uh, maybe but one or two other times where he's offered this many guys in the consecutive days. I think it's seven or eight guys, maybe a little bit less than that in the last week uh, in the class of 2021 and the class of 2022. And this is all on the heels of the FBI investigation stuff leading to the notice of allegations. We've talked about that. We all know what's out there. We all know it's going to hurt recruiting in some, some form or fashion. 
but we don't really know how because as of right now, there is no telling when the punishment might come down. So let me ask you this question, Alex. You tell me if there's any kind of pattern here or if you see anything that just kind of stands out. So in those offers that I just highlighted, the class of 2022, Chris Mack within, I think, like a 12-hour period offered three five-star guys. And it's in the right. same amount of, you know, in the next couple of days in the class of 2021, the class that they're actively recruiting right now and have been, they offered a uh, top 200 player, uh, three-star point guard. They, ha they haven't offered a three-star player that I know of in a while. Um, they offered a uh, four-star wing uh, out of Orlando who is a really high-level player, top 100 player, really good, really good guy, would be a great addition to the class. And then they offered an unranked small forward here in Louisville from Aspire Academy. They were the first offer to, to this guy. And that, I was going to say, that's, that's the one that, that's, uh, that kind of caught everybody's attention and, and not so much in a good way right off the bat, because this was more of a, who is this and, and why are we, why are we doing this? Cause to your point at the, you know, you, you made the point, it is very rare. And I think you did it in, in all capital letters, you know, just to emphasize, um, but how rare it is that Louisville's the first, the first big school in on a guy, you know? Yeah. And I think, I think a lot of fans kind of kind of glaze over that sometimes uh, when you're talking about, you know, hidden gems and, and, and obviously, you know, I think we could speak on a whole nother podcast probably tomorrow in a couple of days about, you know, some of the concerns that we've been talking about in terms of the overall, you know, recruiting and where that's at. But tell me a little bit more about, about this guy, because reading, I, you know, I wasn't convinced before I read your article and then, you know, you said, Hey, lazy, like, actually read my stuff and I did and, and now and now I'm uh, yeah I mean so there's a there's Muhammad yeah so well I'm gonna mispronounce it as well I have I have no <laughs> I should have I should have asked uh, Richard Gatewood who's who's been a coach at Aspire the last the last year I should have asked him how to pronounce it because I have no idea um, but yeah so you you hit it on the the nail on the head there it's really weird and that's it's really weird that Louisville offered somebody first, that Louisville's the first guy. In football, we've seen that a little bit more than we have with basketball, with Louisville staff being the first power five school to get in on a kid um, and start to build a relationship. But never uh, in the same class can I remember Louisville offering a guy for the first time who had no other scholarship offers. Um, and at first, like you said, man, it's like, what? Like, what is – this is Louisville. We're a top ten program. We shouldn't be – going after kids who have no offers. Like we can get, we should be able to kind of operate as if we can get anybody we want. And then you start kind of pulling the layers back on this one and you see, uh, oh, okay, he's only played basketball for four years. That's intriguing. Uh, he's six foot eight, he's 200 pounds as a junior. He's gonna be a senior, he's got more time to put weight on. He's already pretty big for his size, even considering he's only played basketball for a few years. Then you realize, oh, okay, so he played uh, international basketball. Uh, he played for the, from the, for the, um, this the Senegal national team for the under 18 and under 19 teams who competed against teams like the United States, Germany, other foreign countries. Uh, and then right. he's, he's also competed in the, the NBA's most recent endeavor, which is the, you know, the launch of the African basketball league. And last year they did the basketball without borders camp within the, the all-star weekend. And he was invited to participate and be involved. I'm not exactly sure what extent or what they did, but so he's got international experience and my, he's only been playing basketball for four years. As a junior playing alongside of a guy like Jeth Jethro Muscadin, who, if you remember last year, was a guy at Louisville was hot after. He only averaged 11 and 7 as a junior. This year, it's kind of his team uh, 
and he's only been playing basketball for four years, and you see just this incredible growth of what he could be. And maybe Chris Mack realized, like, holy crap, this is the guy that I, you know, can be somebody in the midst of all this as we kind of take punishment who can, who can be a lot better than what people are saying, and we can get really good use out of this scholarship. Yeah, and that, I think that's, that's what was going to be my question, right? In, in the midst of us about to go to bat and us about to, to get in the ring with the answer is going to be and what's that going to look like you know you have to have some some solid contingencies in place especially when you know i think a lot of people's concern was whiffing on on so many you know five stars and, and high four stars initially like and those are elite kids so you know it, it's going to be tough regardless even if you are a blue blood but then going from that to the complete opposite end of the spectrum in, in a guy that nobody's even heard about he has no 247 composite uh, profile at all. And he doesn't even have a profile. And, 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 That's the thing I can't yeah, exactly. get Yeah, exactly. And, and so you're thinking, dude, okay, okay hold on, hold on, like, hold there's on. A, hit, uh, like a hidden gym is one thing, right? Hold on, before you but go I can on, at least... before you go on, I, but he doesn't have a recruiting profile. He has a scholarship. If you remember several years ago, there was a player who faked 247 and rivals into creating a profile that for a player who didn't have any scholarships and wasn't even a high school recruit, like like that's how interesting this is. This kid has no profile and there's people out here who have tricked an elite level recruiting company into getting a profile. Right. Well, and, and that's what I was going to say. Like it, when people talk about how rare it is that, uh, you know, a Juco guy skips college and, and just goes straight to the NBA draft, like it's only happened once in, you know, however many years, I feel like it's, it's a similar, it's a similar scenario, right? Like the one you just offered up, you had a high level D one scholarship before you even have a composite rating or a profile on a national high school recruiting website, especially in today's age of technology where everything gets synced up and updated and live stat. Exactly. Right. Updated as soon as the game ends and here's my huddle and here's my videos and all that stuff. Like it's incredible the amount of technology that kids use nowadays to get recruited. And this kid's nowhere on the map. Right. Nobody has anything on him. I mean, I think the first piece I saw was shortly after he was offered from Michael McCannon over at Cardinal Authority. Uh, and then you had a national piece written by uh, Zag's blog about this kid. And this is that's really where I kind of got to learn about him. Very thankfully, whenever anything goes on with Aspire, I've got I've got, you know, somebody that I can ask about, you know, in certain parameters of like, hey, tell me about this kid. You coached him. You've been around him. You've watched him play. Like, what's he what's he like? And and I thought Richard um, Richard Gatewood, who coaches the prep program and is, is part of that program and really knows it really well and knows these kids. I mean, he spoke really highly of of Mbaye, and of course he would because that's a that's a player that he coaches. But if you kind of read right. into what some of the things that he says, and he says, um, you know, he's got a really unbelievable motor. He's a stretch four, can shoot it from three, six foot eight, elite athlete, very raw with upside, and will be a professional. Like, okay, I'm intrigued now. Uh, and then he goes on to say he's a Chris Mack type dude, elite defender. Then why doesn't he have a profile yet? Like, that's, right, exactly. So, not, so, I some, don't want to be uh, like mean about it, but it, like if a coach is gush, like a you know, like a a prep coach is gushing over a kid, like I'm sure he coaches other kids that already have a profile, even if it's you know maybe like a low three star or anything else. Like it's it's incredible, incredible to me, like the the amount of potential hype he can get uh, with without. <laughs> you know, having any sort of, any sort of uh, buzz around him. Yeah, you would think that that would be necessary. So you have that, and then you've got the the point guard, who I think is also really interesting. Smaller guard, Bobby Pettiford Jr. I think he's 156 in the country. 
the smaller guard and you're like three star he's ranked pretty low like what this doesn't make much sense and then again it's another guy you turn the tape on and you watch him play and you see this kid that's like just a six one and he's dunking over six foot nine six foot ten guards he's got this nasty crossover he can score at all three levels it's like okay you know this is a good reminder that other programs that are elite are going out occasionally and getting these lower guys who they get it on and they, they get a commitment right away. So it's interesting to see if that way, but then let me throw this wrench in. Um, Aminu, yeah. Aminu Muhammad is a top 15 player nationally. He is without question uh, this year's version of Caleb Love. Like he is the number one guy on the board. Number one guy you got to get. They've, they've spent a lot of time building a relationship with him. They've done virtual visits. I feel like Jay Weingarten every other day is saying that Louisville has met with Aminu Muhammad. They're putting in work in his recruitment. Still one and done potential player. Uh, so you throw that into the wrench of like, okay, so you're, you're recruiting a top five, you know, a top 15 player. You're recruiting some lower level guys. What are, are you trying to, you know, is there a range here you're looking for? Like, are you just building out a bigger pipeline so that if you miss on a player, you've got, you know, more options kind of in the fold. Are you going to press some of these lower rated, lower rated guys into commitments? Because that's what happens to you. You know, think about it. Duke comes in and takes a four star. Normally Duke's only playing with five stars. They come in and they take a four star who's Louisville has been on for forever. So to me, I can't really see what's going on. I got, it's a couple of different things, but it's interesting to, to kind of put it all together and try to tell a story of what it means. I think, um, I think Keith, Keith wins Twitter, go to Keith wins Twitter account and, and look at his pin tweet because I honestly like, yes, I think of that every time. I think it, <laughs> it literally is like one of the best tweets I've seen from a person I know. And I, I remember texting him that day and I'm like, Oh my God, I was like, that was hilarious. And, and yeah, definitely it, it, it would respectably took off as it should have, but uh, no, that's Absolutely. exactly what I, that's exactly what I think of with the scholarship thing. But um, yeah, it's just, it's a little concerning because like you said, the good schools also get the great players as well as mixing in maybe some hidden gems. I think people's concern right now is just that he whiffed on a lot of guys, you know, in a very, you know, not very uh, long time span window. And so do you think he's already trying to pivot his, his recruiting stance to where, you know, instead of just going up after high level four stars and five stars, I'm going to try a couple four stars and a couple five stars. And then I'm going to go back to my bread and butter, which is I'm going to try to find the guys no one else knows about, but like, will that work at a program mm-hmm. like Louisville as compared to Xavier? Yeah. I think it's an interesting thing that he's doing here because uh, for a lot of recruits, like a, a high level guy, like Aminu Muhammad, who wants to come in and probably be the guy year one. Uh, he asked the question to Chris Mack, like hypothetically, he would say, you know, what, what happens if Samuel Williamson's there next year? What happened if David Johnson's there next year? You know, these guys who are top-level players, they don't want to come in and play, you know, backup point guard or backup small forward. So I think uh, Louisville's going to be in a position where maybe they need to get some some filler players in the class and try to get their stars late. Uh, that could be very dangerous considering all that's going on with the FBI investigation. Um, or right. the, I keep saying the FBI investigation, the NCAA notice of allegations, all of that punishment stuff is going to, it's going to really put a big asterisk on Louisville's recruiting for the next couple of months, because yeah, how do you, don't, how do you mean, tell don't a get, kid, you know, what's going on? You have no idea. You have no Don't get it confused, happened. Jacob, you know, cause we're like, we're a victim to the FBI, but we're, we're an accomplice to the NCAA. So, I mean, of course it totally makes sense, uh, from, from anybody's standpoint, any way you look at it, it it's totally common sense in my book. Um, but yeah, that, that's kind of my big concern with, 
with the whole Chris Mack and recruiting thing right now in general, because I'm not going to get too much into it um, on this podcast. But yeah, I, I understand finding the hidden talent, but I don't want it to become a trend. Right. Right. You know, you, I, I exactly. Think that's, if you do it once. Okay. That's great. Twice. Okay. Let's hope that works out. But like, if he keeps, you know, just grad transfers and then hidden gyms and then grad transfers and then like under the radar guys, like when do, when, you know, like at what point, and, and like you said, I, I think he has a huge obstacle right now, which is recruiting through this whole crap. But once he's out, what is the timeline? Like how long do you think fans are going to give him, you know, with some of the tactics, because we were told what, um, you know, Luke is supposed to be a phenomenal, he, he brought in great assistants that were supposed to be phenomenal recruiters. I mean, um, I'm trying to think of the, who is uh, the big man. Um, God, I am blanking after a long work day. I apologize. But who is Louisville's uh, assistant coach? Mike Puig? Mike, that is the big Mike, man Mike, Mike Pagues, yeah. Pagues, yeah, sorry. Um, but I mean, like what? Pagues, Pagues, that's how you say it. Pagues. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I, I butcher names left and right like it's nobody's business, so that's fine. But either way, you know, like I, I thought I expected a little bit more out of him at this point uh, in terms of the progression with the big men. I, I think, uh, you know, some of the others, Dino's great. He has a lot of connections, a lot of relationships. But, you know, is he out of touch? Like, is he not as a, much of an effective recruiter as we hoped? Is Luke, you know, like just – some of the guys I thought would come out of the gate and just be stellar recruiters. Um, you know, I still think they are. I just think, you know, being at a bigger school, but under a scandal at the same time, that's something nobody's experienced. Yeah. The fact that LSU is having an easier time recruiting right now, same with Arizona over Louisville is just, it's backwards as can be. I mean, that's, it's as backwards as it can be. Um, but that's the world that we're in. And so the offer sheets and the, the things that are, you know, coming about in this class are kind of showing that like the, the, the offers to me kind of signal uncertainty, maybe a mention and, or, you know, maybe a, uh, you know, kind of a change in the guard of, yeah. of trying to figure out what they're going to do. I mean, if you remember after Louisville got the, the, the first punishment, I think at, from the Tina Powell scandal, they had a three-star guard, Frankie Hughes, who committed and it was like, heralded as the guy who was going to stick with the Louisville program and was going to be, you know, able to help kind of carry it through its down years. And then obviously he decommitted and it didn't end up happening, but that's going to be the case here of who's going to be the guy in this class that kind of, you know, carries this, this flag of I'm going to, I'm going to lead the program for this time and be the recruit that in a few years we kind of talk about being somebody who is an, a really instrumental part of Louisville not falling apart. Hopefully we don't get to that though. Hopefully the the NCAA uh, notice of allegations leads to to court cases. I don't know how much we'll be able to do legal battles in this in this pandemic with uh, you know athletic budgets being completely slashed because of lack of uh, revenue. And so I don't know what Louisville can do legally against the NCAA. Uh, but if you go back to the recruiting thing, we said it was going to have an impact, and I think that seeing Louisville offer a non-ranked player. And uh, you know, get involved with a low-rated three three-star guy. Not that that's bad things, like you said, but uh, I think that it's it kind of shows. You know, we're not really sure what's coming ahead. Yeah, I just really wish we had the minutes for Matt McClung because I think that be I think he'd ball out. Oh man, I there, keep picturing it now that now that he's officially on the market from Georgetown. Um, I know you're like it's it's going to be a total long shot, and I agree because the minutes aren't there, but. 
it ifs. would be something, man. I love talking ifs. It's amazing. It would be something if you put him in. Uh, I don't even know how you'd make the rotations work there. I mean, David Johnson would be your point guard. You'd have to play a six foot two and a six foot one guard as your two and three, uh, unless you could talk the the Big South Player of the Year and Carly Jones to, to take a bench role, which you know maybe that could happen. But I don't see that. And then right. what do you do? What do you do with Sam Williamson? What do you do with you know your fours and your fives? I don't know. It'd be it'd be awesome though because Mac McClung is one of my favorite college basketball players. Uh, and man, Patrick Ewing has just year after year. They had like what has happened, of, man? They had like fifteen guys transfer. Like they were just taking dudes from like any guy that they could see at the rec center uh, on campus, and like, can you want to come play? And then they transferred. Like, I think him I and Wichita State are like at a race for the bottom of like who can who can get the most transfers or the most kids to transfer out of their program quickest because like it, yeah both right. of those programs were just dropping like flies with kids but but yeah no I think we're gonna have a uh, I'm excited uh, for the rest of our podcast schedule uh, coming up this week just on being BNL yeah BRL in general um, so yeah yeah I think it's gonna be a good week I, I think we have plenty to talk about especially on the on the football side as well once we kind of transition over to that. Yeah, there's definitely things to talk about. You know, unfortunately, we don't have live sports, but we make do and we we look ahead to the next season and what's going on because there's a lot of there's a lot of great stuff happening on our campus. Uh, maybe we'll get Presley on to talk about Louisville's golf coach and talk tell us uh, what some of these awards that he threw out in our group chat mean and if that's a good thing. For this. <laughs> yeah. So. All right, so it's been a great night. Appreciate you guys tuning in. Uh, like Alex said, we've got a, a lot of good stuff coming up, so we're pretty excited. Keep keep listening, and uh, we'll we'll check you later.